Yep, this thing is on. Ready? Please remain seated. You are now entering the nerd bunker. Hello and welcome to what is our first episode of Nerd Bunker Podcast. I'm Mike and I'm joined by Hayley. Hello. Hello. So, it's the first one. You looking forward to it? Absolutely. I've been thinking about it all week. There's so much I want to get into. I'm really excited. Cool. So, perhaps introduce ourselves a bit? Yeah. Yeah, where we've come from and what's made us, I think. A recipe for a nerd. Do you want to go first? Much more interesting than me. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Off the bat, I was born in 81. You can do the math. My parents were older, which was a bit different back then. Not so much now. My dad was a 50s bird in sci-fi and fantasy film geek. So that's definitely had a major part of shaping who I am and what I'm into. Back in the day, there were three TV channels. Channel 4 didn't come in till um, 1982, I think. TVs and video players were expensive. Video recorders, VCRs, whatever you want to call them. Did you have a, a, a Betamax or a, a VHS when it first came out? Uh, VHS. My mate had a Betamax. It was like this massive top loader thing. But no, we, uh, we made the right decision and we went VHS. I was once told that um, I think it was Sony owned Betamax and Toshiba owned VHS. Betamax was a better picture quality, but the only reason it didn't succeed or wasn't as successful was Sony wouldn't allow adult films onto the Betamax format. And then once adult films got onto the VHS, it just took off. Yeah. And that's why oh, we ended up with VHS wow, instead really? of Betamax. I don't know whether there's any truth in that, but... <laughs> That was a story I was once uh, told. Because of porn. I don't know. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, yeah, it's a massive industry and it opened a rather large door to a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's true. But anyway, sorry, I digress off your, uh, off your story. <laughs> no, no, no. They were all expensive. Um, you used to have to rent them. There was a shop in town, Radio Rentals, I think. Other shops did exist. Um, you rented your telly, yeah, you rented my, your video Yeah, my mum and dad rented their TV. Yeah. But you had an engineer come out if anything went wrong. But um, <laughs> now the cinema was expensive. I remember the cinema being expensive and we didn't go at all. I have a memory of going to see The Fox and the Hound, so I must have been little. But they still had intervals, and they sold ice cream at the interval. And I think they had cartoons on before the main film as well. My mum and dad sold their car to buy a VCR. They they sold their car because they thought having a video recorder was more important to me as a child, so I could watch film. It worked for me, but we didn't have a car for a while. And you could buy blank tape, so. They just recorded stuff off the telly and then you get them uh, video cases that look like books, but they're plastic and they're very clearly not books. Yeah. Um, so we had like racks and racks of them in the living room. Yep. Yep. I think the first film they sat me in front of was The Sound of Music. And I've still got, you know, feelings for musicals. I quite like a musical, I have to say especially the sing-along versions on the DVD. But after that, I think I used to get up at six o'clock every morning, even when I didn't have to, for school, get up with my dad. Um, he'd get ready for work, and I'd sit there in front of whatever. Um, so he'd sit me in front of Westerns, which I shouldn't have been watching, at about, I don't know, six, seven, eight. The, the Serge Leone ones, the spaghetti ones. Yeah, yeah, for a few dollars more, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and and I've watched them as an adult. Yeah, the Serge, Serge, Serge Leone, They're amazing films. Yeah, I, um, I don't know if a nine-year-old should have been watching them, but 
I uh, I think I enjoyed them. I don't know. I've wa- I've watched them as an adult, and um, there's it's more there's nothing that bad in them to be honest. I mean, it's not like blood and gore, is it? No. Some of the language, the things that they say, I suppose, it wasn't that bad. So then, um, the other massive thing um, that my dad introduced me to was Star Trek, the original series, because that's the only one that there was. And God, we must have watched. I don't actually know how many. Episodes there are. I don't think there's that many yet, but there's only like two or three seasons. But we must have watched them over and over again, taped them off the telly, watched them and watched them. As you know, I'm not the biggest Star Trek nerd. <laughs> yet. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think there's that many seasons. Maybe somebody listening can tell us, but it was, uh, it was definitely on repeat. Um, and then it's fantasy films, sword and sorcery stuff. Brawl, Jason and the Argonauts, Star Wars, obviously. Some kids' films, Never Ending Story, The Goonies. Oh my God, I still love The Goonies. I could watch that right now, actually. Um, a bit of anime. I'm not sure if my dad knew what anime was, really. Um, Last Unicorn is a bit of a kiddie film, but Time Masters is this. I think it's French, and it's a bit out there. But um, it got it from somewhere and took me in front of it. Um, and Disney films, of course. Uh, Little Mermaid. That, oh, we did go to the cinema to see that. That was a big, a really big event. Um, we went with my nieces, and uh, she had um, the lyrics for all the songs out of one of those teen magazines. Because um, we're in the cinema and sort of like forgot that you're not going to be able to see the piece of paper in front of you to sing the lyrics, but. Um, and I've debated mentioning this, but watching Carry On films was like a massive part of my childhood as well. And it's easy to sort of rip them now. But I don't know. I was a kid. We watched them. British humour in inverted commas, you know. <laughs> um, and then the big thing I think that happened was Star Trek: The Next Generation. 1989, I think, 1988, I was about eight years old. And the series and the films took me through being a teenager. So it was all about Next Generation for a long time. And as an older teenager, I got into manga. That probably came from the anime that uh, my dad started me off with. Um, Japanese horror film, horror in general, foreign cinema. And this doesn't sound like a lot, but... When I was 21, I moved to London and I remember being in this cinema um, and waiting in the foyer and there was this enormous poster and it was only Elijah Wood's face with his hand in front of him and the one ring on his hand. And it's like hardly anything really, but I just, you know, you didn't have the internet and Twitter and people say, oh, this film's coming out, we're working on all this stuff. That didn't exist then. I don't think I actually owned a computer at the time. Um, so it was probably mag- movie magazines where people used to get their information from. I don't know. Um, but I remember seeing that poster and it just sort of like blew my mind. And I had, I think I had read the book before at some point. Um, but I bought them all and read them again. Um, and then the film came out, obviously. And I believe Harry Potter came out the same year. And I did enjoy it, but it was definitely all about Lord of the Rings. But we got our first computer when I was young as well, um, Commodore 64. And we had Hobbit, the game. Um Oh, God, what are they called where you just type in what you're doing? I know the point and clicks where it's like go left and you select it, but I can't remember what they're called when you write the command in. Look left, and there's a word for them. I can't remember what they're called. So it was literally, I I always remember the the cave trolls, and you just have to say wait, wait, and then it update with the sun is rising, and then eventually they turn to stone and you could move on. Yeah, me, my mum, my dad, my brother, we'd all be sat around this Commodore 64, this blue screen with black writing, completely transfixed. (laughs) 
by this game and it's like nothing. <laughs> so after the good old Commodore 64, um, we got an Amiga and then I worked my way through all the consoles to now I've got a Switch and a PS5. Have we got a PS5? I want a PS5, but at the same time I don't because I'm tight and the games are too yeah, expensive. Yeah, well, you don't sell anything um, on. <laughs> I'd just be playing the old games, the old games that would be on the yeah. PS4. So it's like I don't, and I don't play it that it, much. It's like, well, I'll buy a 500 quid console and play Vermintide 2 on it, a 20 quid game that I can play on my yeah, it, PS4. It, it is difficult. I mean, computer it's, games are ridiculous now i mean you're looking at like six quid for a game and it depends i mean there are some amazing games out there and you become so immersed in it um it is definitely worth the 60 quid the amount of hours of entertainment that you get but then when i finish the game i sell it and i might get 20 30 quid back for it you hoard everything like a hoarder person (laughs) i i do i do still own every console i've ever owned Every game. Insane. <laughs> just like, Sell it. Imagine how much money you could make, and then and you could buy a PS Five. None, none of them work on the TVs anymore. I got to buy an old-fashioned. Well, they they do, but you got to run them through that many adapters to get them to work in the HDMI TV. Oh yeah. Because they all worked in like the tube TVs, and they're good old good old. And then start all, all the cartridges are a bit dusty and. It's a, it's a bit of a palaver nowadays. You'll just have to get a new one. You can just buy like the like an emulator, like the mini NES. Yeah, yeah. And just, the same you know what I mean, like a mini it's Mega Drive. It's got all the games on it for like... Really? Does it play like a Sega Mega Drive though? Or is it a... I haven't got the Mega Drive one. We've got the NES yeah. mini and that's just like playing an NES. It's The controllers are the same. Oh, wow. I was never a big Nintendo fan, so I don't know whether it's like um, where they've rendered it. But sometimes the graphics go a bit... Yeah. I don't know whether the original glitched like that or not. So uh, me and my daughter were playing, was it Double Dragon or something like that? I can't remember. And it was just, it was fun, but I never played it on the original, so I don't know if it glitched like that. I only ever played a NES at the youth club. (laughs) Youth club. And they had, uh, what were it called? The Duck. The duck game where you have to uh, hunt. Duck yeah, hunt. duck hunt. With the laser yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you figure out. I think it's duck yeah. hunt. And then you figure out that the other controller controls the duck. That was like quite a novelty. It's like oh, I'm the duck, and then you can start moving it around. <laughs> but I used to love reading, and I sort of whiffed and waffed in and out of it. Sometimes I could like empty a library, and other times I just can't get my head in it at all. Um, and I've not. I don't think I've read anything. This year, um, I think the last book I read was The Name of the Wind, um, which you suggested, which was bad. He, I, th- I think he's doing the third. <gasps> really? <laughs> yeah, I've seen some videos of him online answering What's questions. and Patrick That's Roth- the one. Rothfuss, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, he's been online talking about them, and I think he's oh, writing cool. it now. Hopefully oh, we get that so soon. I've not read the second book yet because my mother's run off with it. I'll give her the first one in lockdown. Um, she, oh, this is quite good. She's 77. This is quite good. Um, and then she nicked off with the second one and she's gone back up north now. So I haven't got either of them. Um, <laughs> but I have um, just ordered myself um, The Three-Body Problem, Chinese science fiction. I've, I've not heard of this till you said about it um well it's got some really high profile reviews latest nerd edition has to be dungeons and dragons Ta-da! good um i think it's been about two and a half three years that <laughs> i've been playing now since that first time I went into battlefield hobbies <laughs> oh that was so scary i mean this bunch of totally random weirdos in a gaming club. <laughs> at least we were nice weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be fair. Um, I joined a few uh, Facebook groups, and people have some awful experiences. You know, when you can play D and D in real life, is about you know DMs from hell 
or players that are just awful and rude and I don't know, maybe I just got lucky. I think it's because we're all nice. Mm, well. Um, <laughs> we've played Full of Cthulhu. Tells from the loop, we never really got going, but Starfinder in the uh, future. Finish reading the encyclopedia that is the rule book. Mm, it's yeah. quite a crunchy game. It does, but bet if you can get past the crunchiness, um, it, it looks really good. The, the mechanics of running your own ship um, and just having that space theme. Although it's like fantasy in space, isn't it? Yes, it's um, like space fantasy. You still, mm-hmm. It's basically, um, I think the storyline is you got the world that Pathfinder's set in. Yeah, and it's the I don't same, know much about Pathfinder. It's the same honest. world right. way in the future, um, but they have... Yeah. What they call it, I think it's something like the the gap. So there was like a big memory blank. Nobody remembers anything before the gap. Um, and then this big, sp- oh, the planet yeah, was yeah. gone, but this big space station was in its place, um, Absalom Station. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, it's, it's on the list. <laughs> when are we doing that, DM? <laughs> it's on <Yeah>. the list. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting into RPGs has been massive. Um, and I'm really grateful that in my now I really, really enjoy it. And for anybody that has ever been too scared to get involved because it always seemed like that geeky bridge too far, you know, just do it because it is so much fun. Um, now, the other geeky bridge that has um, been a bit too far for me has been doing cosplay. But I am determined to do it before I die. And at some point, I will go somewhere. <laughs> and I will dress up as something. I don't know. I'll have to figure that bit out. So what about you? What got you to where you are, Mike? Uh, well, I suppose you'd say my, my nerdism started at a young age. I, I don't think it was classed as being a nerd back then. Mine started back in... What were you called? <laughs> I don't know, because I was, I was like five years old, so I don't really wasn't aware of it it started in about the 1980-ish when i went with my dad to go and see the empire strikes back at the cinema so i instantly fell in love with that film the way it transported you to other worlds and characters in it yeah um a few weeks later i went with him on a business trip to preston i'm not quite sure why a (laughs) i don't i always remembered it was preston and i don't know why a businessman this, took his five-year-old son on a business trip. part of your life. <laughs> but it's also... A definitive part of your life in Preston. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pinnacle point because at Preston there was a toy shop because I was so well-behaved at this what? business meeting. He let me go and buy like my first Star Wars figure. Oh, God. Uh, so, of course, naturally... A long the one, time ago. The one I chose was a stormtrooper. In storm a galaxy trooper. far away called Preston. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Don't dispress them. I don't think I've ever been back there since no, no, 1980. I've never, but... been. I've never been. I'm sure it's a lovely place. So, yeah, during the rest of the 80s, after my Preston escapades of Star Wars toys, uh, I was pretty much raised on a diet of Atari 2600 and a steady flow of summer blockbuster films, such as Return of the Jedi, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, yeah. and uh, those... Saturday morning cartoons like He-Man, Transformers, and of course the uh, Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember them, He-Man. And uh, when I was at primary school, we used to have what they called the uh, Puffin Book Club, and they used to give you like this. Oh my god, I remember that. (laughs) Like single sheet of paper that was just full of Puffin books. In order to get me to read, my mum was like, "Oh, you can have one book from this." Puffin Book Club, and the ones I always chose was the fighting fantasy ones, the, the ones written by um, Steve Jackson and Ian Livingstone. Mostly I was sold on the covers alone. I mean, the cover for Forest of Doom, with that lizard stepping over that log, is still one of my all-time favourite book covers. Which you have, I presume. I actually don't have a copy of it. I don't have my copy. Oh my god. <laughs> no, because... <laughs> I thought the whole No, 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 they, they oh. went... Um, they're quite expensive to buy now. I've got a couple of them. Uh, what have I got? City of Thieves. Yeah. Um, oh, some Temple one. Some, oh, I can't remember which ones now. It was in around 86 that a friend of mine at the time said he got this book 
called The Hobbit, and uh, that I should give it a go. Yeah. So I borrowed his copy, read it, and of course I loved it. And it was pretty much later that year that I started secondary school. And oh wow, you read it quite young. I read then. it when I was, yeah, I was ten. Oh, they're not, they're not, um, they're not gentle books by any means, really, are they? It was still a kid story. But yeah, I read it in the beginning of the year, and then in the same year I started secondary in September. But at secondary school, I found out they had this sort of bookshop that they ran in the library at dinner time where you could go and order books. You could pay like a bit a week to pay off these books. So of course I went and ordered the uh, one volume of Lord of the Rings. It's like all three books in one. It was seven yeah. pounds. My mum and dad went mental when they found out <laughs> that I got it on the knock at a pound a week. You know, the, the the fact that they wanted me to read went out the window. It was like, oh, you brought this yeah. book for seven quid? When you look at it now and it's like 15 quid. But that yeah. book... Things used to be expensive back yeah. then. Though, I mean, you? that book I still have. Still got that copy. Oh, um, wow. And I actually took it with me when I went to Tolkien's grave in Oxford. It's the one oh. thing, if there was a fire in the house, I'd actually grab. <laughs> I'd I mean, like it's held. Albums, it's held together. Memories, your family. Oh, it's no, held together with sellotape tape, and the books are crumpled up, and the pages are all yellowed and beat up. Oh, that's nice though, because the it's damaged, but it's like age damage. It's love damage. You have had that book for so long. Yep, but it's through that book that I uh, was pretty much. I mean, I loved the book, but it pretty much introduced me to others that saw me reading it, and they were like, "Oh, have you read this?" or heard of this and uh that kind yeah. of led me up into basically the world of games workshop which is a, a dark slippery hole to go yeah. in but uh i i remember the games workshop in my town and it was a very strange place full of young gangly males and we sort of walked past and stared <laughs> and carried yeah, on walking uh, well, of course, back then there wasn't as many games workshop shops around. Uh, I can remember my yeah. dad taking me to Nottingham one year to go and buy a load. Yeah, I mean, that ended up, I played Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay first edition when that came out. Um, played Blood Bowl, Space Hulk, must have painted hundreds of their miniatures. Um, and of course, that led on yeah. to playing Dungeons and Dragons. I think it was second edition. So were you playing with your mates uh, or the DM wasn't. He was like a bloke who ran it. We'd pay like two quid a week and he'd run the that would pay for the room rental. A lot of them were my mates, but there was a couple that weren't. I mean, I must have only been fifteen. Yeah. Fifteen. No. I wouldn't send her out to go and play in a load of strangers. <laughs> well, I was a bit worried about going when I was thirty uh oh. Um, you know, I was worried about meeting a group of strange nerds then. But um, no, I never had any like nerdy mates at school. And it is more of a male thing that I think you it, get exposed it, to those sorts of hobbies. It was. I mean, having done it for not far off 35, 40 years now, I've seen, I'd go to comic cons and that, and it would all be just men. And I've seen where the popularity of, the females coming in, it's getting more and more. I know so yeah. many female Star Wars fans now. It's a lot more yeah. accessible, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure why. I mean, without like spending an hour talking about it, you know. I mean, the you go to the sort of biggest toy shop currently available, they still have a very pink aisle, um, filled with pink things and pink dolls and pink tea sets and what have you, um. So I don't know, but I was, I definitely wasn't, even though my dad definitely sort of cultured me in film and TV, um, hobby wise, I was just, I, I didn't know anybody that played those sort of things or did those sort of things. Like I said, we had a games workshop shop, um, but would never have gone in it. Yeah. I, th I think a lot of it is people have realised that it's actually really good stories. Yeah. it's. Um, I don't know what you imagine Dungeons and Dragons to be before you actually do it, but it is just like telling a story with your mate. 
doing a few silly things and rolling some dice. I don't know. I think it's just a barrier of this is what we do and this is what those weird people in I've always do. described role playing as it's collaborative storytelling and yeah, yeah, people have been sat around telling stories around the campfire since Viking probably earlier times. And it's yeah, it's uh, that's that is exactly the train of thought that I've had as well. Um, when I've thought about uh, getting tattoos and stuff, and occasionally I've thought oh, that's a bit sad. That's another film tattoo, but films are just stories. So you know, like you said, been telling stories since forever. So why is having you know, a tattoo of a mythical creature from a thousand-year-old story any different to having a DeLorean on my None indeed. Anyway, talking mm-hmm. of things long ago, let's get back to my secondary school days. <laughs> so, <laughs> while I was at secondary school, Carry it was... Uh, the school was actually uh, just around the corner from a video shop wasn't it wasn't a blockbuster, it was a tiny little independent. Sorry, sorry, can we can we just can we just video shop? Yeah, video shop. <laughs> there might be people under thirty listening to this. Why what did I say? <laughs> no, 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 that's what I mean. Video shop. People will not understand what a video shop is unless you're sort of I don't know, twenty five plus. Is anybody listening under twenty five? A video shop was a shop where you went and you Rented video. So too expensive to buy. <laughs> and it took about a million years before it came out to buy. Yeah. Um, yeah, this video shop was where I oh, first rented uh, films like Alien and Aliens. Uh, but it was also this video shop where I used to go so- and ask for the posters because it was so small. I used to get all the promotional oh, posters, okay. but he never put any up because there was no room. It was all shelving. So I just used to come out and have this big roll of film yeah. posters. Have you still got no. them? No, because I put them up with drawing pins and blue tack and Ugh. shit at home. Oh, some of them now would be worth a fortune, honestly. <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I see them on, on um, eBay, and it's just like, oh, I had that. I had one of them. But, yeah, it was pretty much just plodding along like that until the early 90s when I started getting into comic books. And I also started collecting vintage Star Wars toys, but they weren't vintage then. It's only like five years since they'd stopped making them. <laughs> but they were cheap. <laughs> yeah, most most of my 90s was yeah. mostly films, books, music, and the uh, first PlayStation. I mean, I, as I learned to drive that time, yeah. I also started to attend collector fairs and comic cons and such. I still try and do today. Uh, yeah, so... We skip ahead to the early 2000s. It, I was in a bookshop in Oxford and I found a copy of Dungeons and Dragons. I was thinking back to myself, that's mm-hmm. cool. I had fun playing that. So I purchased it, uh, but that's about as far as it got because I was unable to find a group to play it with. So it, it, it now sits on the shelf yeah. back there, still unplayed. Uh, but, it, but it did get, I mean, that was Aww. third edition, I think. But it did get me back into the World of Games Workshop again. Instead of playing, I just tended to use yeah. them as models and I'd paint the minis and make little dioramas and scenes for them. Uh, and that kind of led me back into playing 5th edition D&D. And that was 2016, yeah. kind of where I am now. A hoarding RPG player. <gasps> <laughs> oh, God, it's so awful, isn't it? <laughs> We're all so old and remem- remember all this stuff from a million well, years ago. Yeah, but, I mean, most things nowadays are digital as long as it's fun so yeah my my top 10 there's actually seven 2020 <laughs> that's a, that about sums up 2020 to be fair i haven't even got a top 10 it's um, top seven yeah so my top 10 of 2020 there's oh, actually what, seven what a bugger of a year most of it wasn't even released in 2020 it was just because i did it this year that i thought it was cool <laughs> Yeah, no, so, I, uh, I agree with that. Mo- most of it's actually I'm older, and everyone would be like, ah, oh, that was on the 2016 list. What, what bloody are you on about? But that's that's not how stuff works now, though, is it? I mean, you get on Netflix, and you can watch something that's really old, but that's the first time that you've seen it, so I think it totally counts. As unprepared as I am, I've written these down in no particular order, so there isn't ten, they're not current, and they're not in order. <laughs> 
You're not selling it. I'm a busy man. <laughs> oh. Uh, number one. Hit me with it. Is a book, and it's The Lies of Locke Lamora uh, by Scott Lynch. It's basically the story of how Locke was taken in by the gentleman bastards, and it tells you their sort of their history and their current crazy ideas to release the wealthy of some of their money. It's the first one of three, the Gentleman Bastard series. But I've not read the other two yet, so they might make it on the 2021 list. That sounds good. <laughs> Are they out or is it um Patrick Rothbus type situation? Write the goddamn book. No, no, they're, they're all out. The second one is a podcast, and it's the Fountain Road Files, done by uh, a fellow called Richard McLean Smith, who also does the podcast Unexplained, that does a load of unexplained mysteries. Uh, but the Fountain Road Files is basically the recordings of a man who is in lockdown during the coronavirus, and uh, he's recording it <laughs> as a as a podcast and. But he's actually locked down in a haunted yeah. house. So it, it, it's sort of got... I'm trying wow, to not okay. give anything away with these things. Spoilers. But yeah, he's locked down in a haunted house, basically, yeah, yeah, over the yeah. coronavirus. And there's certain events that happen. That's uh, mm, that's rather I good. I can imagine. Yeah. I, I want to listen to more podcasts, but it's kind uh, of the time to squeeze everything into The next one I'm going to say is... Uh, is a game, and it's Frostgrave 2nd Edition. Uh, it's a tabletop skirmish game where you're a warband fighting oh, others yeah, in yeah. the old frozen magic city. Uh, I've never played it, so it's done well to get in my top seven. It looks really good, sounds really good, and I'm hoping to because I like the story of it. Yeah, I have looked a little bit at that, um, and it does look really interesting. So... Uh... You know, one one uh, crazy day when people can see each other. Again. I think it's basically based on the uh, Games Workshop game Mordheim, which which I quite enjoyed. Oh, okay. Uh, next on the list is a book, um, and this book's quite a weighty tome, so I will admit that I listened to it on Audible. It was unabridged, and it was still about fifty hours of listening. Um, and that was Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson, which is book three in the Stormlight Archive. Um. Yeah, it's, as I say, it's over fifty hours of listening, and the story's really good. I've listened to the first three. Uh, the fourth one's out, but I'm saving that so that I don't overdose on it. Yeah, yeah. Nice to see. Yeah, I, I want to try and split it out so that really I haven't got so long it. to wait for the fifth one. So I'll wait till it gets like, oh, this is going to be released soon, and then I might yeah. have a listen. Yeah. The next yeah. one I've got is the Alien RPG game by Free League. Uh, I know that came out last year. I just think it's a beautifully designed book as a, a really simple mechanic system. Uh, but at the same time, it's quite brutal to the players. Yeah, <laughs> by the look. <laughs> and uh, we might have uh, a little bit more to say about that on the Hopefully. next podcast. Perhaps. Another podcast, it's the Lovecraft Investigations, uh, produced by BBC Radio 4, so it's Excellent quality, and it's a um, mm. it's a drama that's recorded as if it's a podcast itself, uh, and basically they're looking into mysteries, but the mysteries are actually the old Lovecraft stories. It's very cleverly done, and it's yeah, um, it's incredibly binge worthy. Uh, the first series was the case of Charles Dexter Ward and the second it was The Whisper in Darkness and the third one they've just done is Shadows Over Innsmouth and my seventh and final one is uh, I know it'll be on your list is The Mandalorian yeah and uh, what can I say but what's not to love about that program as a Star Wars <laughs> fan uh, it's, it's just a, a thing of amazing beauty <gasps> he pays tribute to the old films all the nods uh. to the Backstory and such, so <laughs> and I mean, he brought back Boba Fett. So, what more can I say? Yeah. Well, you you are the um, the resident Star Wars encyclopedia. You know. Um, yeah, I, I do need to watch the um, the Clone Wars and some of the cartoons. A bit behind on them, but yeah, that's basically my top ten. That was seven. Yeah. God bless Disney Plus. You'll uh, notice that there's no films in there because I couldn't remember all the one. You, I couldn't remember the ones I've seen. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, I do have a top 10. Um, but it was a struggle. This year has been just, I don't know, like a big fog. And I tried to think of things that I'd watched or done or, well, not places that I'd been because I haven't been nowhere, but neither has anybody. And it was just really hard. But I have managed to get 10. Some of them are a bit okay, but we'll have a crack. Number one, The Witcher. Now, it officially started at the end of 2019. I believe it was first aired in December. I remember watching first episode with my in-laws and my partner was not impressed but they seemed to like it and I thought oh yes you know down my alley this I'll give it another go when I'm on my own and I can watch it properly never played the computer games or read the book and I've never seen Henry Cavill before um, but I really really enjoyed it um the timeline jump confused me a little but it was worth it in the end that messed with my head a little bit the timeline jumps it wasn't until quite a few episodes in it was like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And I, I kind of don't mind because like TV series and films and that now, they are more intelligent. You know, you watch older things and it's like, this is the beginning. This is the big bad. This is the end. And now everything's all twisted and messed up. And I kind of don't mind not knowing what's going off a bit because it does get resolved in the end. But I think most people have watched it. But um, just in case anybody hasn't, go watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, according to Google, <clears throat> The Witcher. Geralt. Geralt? Geralt? Is it Geralt? I don't know. I'm Geralt. Geralt of Rivia. Geralt? It's not Geralt. I think I made the book. Geralt <laughs> of Rivia. Geralt. Geralt Preston. of Rivia? No, Geralt of... Uh, what was the place where you went with your dad? Preston. <laughs> Gerald of Preston. A mutated monster hunter. Struggles to find his place in a world in which people often prove more wicked than beasts. Um, there's no release date for Series 2. I think it was supposed to be this year, but obviously filming and everything with COVID uh, delayed everything. And poor Mr Cavill, I believe, has hurt his leg. Um something else from the witcher that sort of made me laugh when i remembered it um there was a meme on facebook um you know when uh old bonzo boris johnson was giving it the wash your hands business um and somebody done the um washing your hands song um to the toss a coin to your witcher which was like the biggest hit of 2020 for me <laughs> that song i'm not going to attempt to sing it you can look for it on youtube um, but yeah, I used to sing Toss a Coin to Your Witcher in my head. So several versions are available. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I used to sing that in my head when I was washing my hands. So, you know, that was number one. Number two, we are staying with Henry Cavill. Because um, The Witcher was the first thing that I'd seen him in. And then I sort of remembered that um, he was Superman in The Man of Steel. Um film I'd never watched. My... Vague impression of it was I'd heard it wasn't very good. Um, it was just another superhero movie. I have never been interested in superhero movies. I think, what, it was the 90s when you had Doctor Octo, Spider-Man type films, and they just did nothing for me. So I never got involved with them, apart from the old Christopher Reeve Superman films that I watched when I was a kid. What about Deadpool? I do not like Deadpool. Do you not? It's not funny. Not funny. See, I like Deadpool. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> I oh, I know I'm gonna. The like the haters are gonna be like hating. Um, I haven't watched it all the way through. Put it on, and I just have to turn it off. I just don't do that sort of <laughs> stupid humor. I don't know. I may put it on again at some stage to try and prove a point to myself that I wasn't in a bad mood and. I just didn't enjoy it. I don't know. Did nothing for me. But we shall review it at a later date. Um, but yeah, so I watched Man of Steel. And you know what? I really enjoyed it. And maybe I was coming from a place of, oh, this is going to be shit. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I thought he was really good. Um, and I watched uh, Batman versus Superman as well. And the only thing that really annoyed me was, why was Batman fat? Ben Affleck does not do Batman. And I couldn't get past it. And it just felt like a joke. And I think, I don't know, maybe I've twigged it now that it's supposed to be an older Batman. 
and you know he's going on a bit and he's got a few aches and pains and they've had to sort of beef him up to give him his strength or something. I don't know. Maybe somebody can explain this to me. I will have to admit I've never actually seen either of them films. I think they're on Netflix. Um, I, I really enjoyed Man of Steel and I, I enjoyed Batman versus Superman as well. Um, but I just struggled. I, just, uh, I know it sounds flippant, the fat Batman. I don't really mean it like that. It's just, he's like all beefed up. He's big and muscly. And that isn't Batman to me. Batman's like this lithe, slim, athletic, you know, bat-like. Adam West. Oh, God, I used to watch that and all, you know. I think that were on Channel 4. Channel 4 on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Oh, God, that sets me back. Michael Keaton made a good Batman for me. You know, like the the toned and you know there's muscle there and he's a strong guy, but he's not a beefcake. He's not Henry Cavill. Um, it, it just that just didn't work with me. Oh, and the other thing, God, um, was it Batman versus Superman or was there a third film? I watched too many things. Um, where Henry Cavill had some really really awful CGI on his face because he was filming Mission Impossible Four and he had a mustache. Um. And it was something to do with um, recutting the film. I think there's like some big controversy that people more nerdy than me will know everything about it. But one director left and then they got another one and they recut it or something. And they had to get Henry Cavill back to do some more scenes. But he was contractually obliged to keep the moustache because he was filming Mission before. I don't know. But my point is um, Man of Steel was a good film. Go watch it. Um, Number three. Um, same with Netflix. It's about this young woman, and she rejects her strict Hasidic Jewish lifestyle. Um, I have no idea about that side of that religion at all. Um, um, might think this is a bit of an odd one. It was a drama miniseries called Unorthodox, um, based on an autobiography, true story. And it's primarily in Yiddish, and it's subtitled. And so it was. It was interesting from um, what's the world a voyeuristic point of view, just to see how people of that religion live. Um, but apart from that, um, it was a story about running away, rejection, leaving everything you know to follow the life that you believe is right for you, and. That can apply to a myriad of things through it. Yeah. yeah. So it was really well put together. And I just like hearing stories about worlds that are completely different to mine. Um, I think the more you find out about other people and how other people live, the better a human being you could be, maybe. I don't know. I like it anyway. <laughs> um, number four, staying with Netflix, The Queen's Gambit. Now this, I think this was October. I'm not sure. Um, so, so, so good. Um, I believe they call it a short series um, based on the book by Walter Trevis set in the Cold War era. Um, orphaned little girl, incredibly intelligent, learns to play chess and kicks ass, basically. She's also a drug addict. True. Oh, God, it is so good. Um, every episode gripped me and it turned into a binge. You know, it gets to 11 o'clock at night and you're like, oh, one more episode. One o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay, just one more episode. It, it was really, really good. I was totally sucked into it. You know, will she, won't she? You kind of know she's got to win in the end, but how does she get there? And how many times does she fall down along the way? Uh, really, really good. I've seen it advertised, but I've never, never watched it. Number five is my first Star Trek entry. Um, Amazon Prime, and I kind of forgot about this one because it just feels like so long ago since I got excited about it. Um, Picard. Um, and as I said earlier, um, you know, the next generation was massive to me, my formative teenage years. So good old uh, Jean Luc Picard has uh, always had a, a spot in my heart. I watched the first one, and I I really enjoyed it. But I just never got round to watching any of the others. And it's like, I must watch it, but still haven't. I did that with um, Ratchet. I watched the first couple of episodes and I thought, oh my God, this is so good. And I've just like never finished it. 
I think we're spoiled for choice now. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to get back to that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to break down everything that happens in Picard and what it is. It's about Jean-Luc Picard. Um, but what I will say, they played him well. He's an old guy. And they didn't come out, oh, yeah, he's Jean-Luc Picard running around. He's an officer, la, 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 you know, Captain Picard. It was like they have him running and he's like, oh, Christ, you know, I can't keep running. I'm an old man. And you see him huffing and puffing. And it, that was just nice. It was like they're not trying to take the piss out of the audience. He's an old yeah. guy. Um, so, yeah. Not like the new Indiana Jones films. Oh, well, yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> but I will just say, um, apparently Whoopi Goldberg, who played Guinan in Next Generation, is going to be in the next series of Picard, which would be awesome. Um, number six. Same with Star Trek. Back to Netflix. Um, Star Trek Discovery, um, which I know that Mike has started watching. I have watched nearly all of the first season. It, it is rather good. Um, yeah, it is in it. Um, and I have been slightly distracted because of the Mandalorian. <laughs> um, so I don't think I've got into the second series as much. And I kind of forgot that there were more episodes than episodes in the Mandalorian because it was like Friday Night Geek Night in my house. Watch the Mandalorian, watch Discovery. When the Mandalorian finished, I kind of assumed that both of them finished, and there was like an end point uh, to Star Wars, almost like a season break. Uh, Star Trek, sorry, um, like a season break. Um, but it hasn't, and there was an episode, and I was like, oh my god, I've got Star Trek to watch. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was quite good. Um, Michael's character is so interesting. You know, she's gone from this adopted Vulcan to this rebellious loner in two series um, and I'm most excited about seeing how they rebuild the Federation which you won't know anything about because you haven't got the series two yet No, don't spoil it <laughs> No, 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 I'm not going to say anything I'm still waiting for you to talk to me about series one because I can't remember when certain things happen and I'm like, oh my god, this is like massive Like when you told me um, um, Ash had killed the Doctor and I remember when I watched that episode, I was like so gobsmacked, like my jaw fell on the floor and I was crying. I was like, oh my <laughs> And I know that you've seen that episode now. Oh dear. Um, number seven is Disney Plot. Um, 24th of March, 2020, we were greeted with Disney Plus and it gave us The Mandalorian. We need to put some sort of a jingle every time we say The Mandalorian like one of them drinking games because I've seen it quite a lot oh, I think we should be sponsored <laughs> uh, we should get some kind of sponsorship yeah, the yeah. Mandalorian really I don't watch yet but The Mandalorian um, but yeah Disney Plus um, oh it's a cracking channel and um, you know we don't even watch normal telly in my house anymore um, I don't think we've got an aerial on the roof so your normal channels can't get into us like that and we ditched sky because it was too expensive so we just have um on demand and all your netflix disney plus amazon prime you know i watch all the bbc on their on demand service um and it's like we've got um we have resat because that comes through the satellite dish when we cancelled sky oh yeah yeah, um, yeah. so we got free yeah. sat we got Netflix, we got Amazon Prime, yeah. uh, we got Disney Plus. I think that's about it. Then with the smart TV, we've got YouTube on the TV. Yeah. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube, like it's an actual isn't channel. That what, um, you know, YouTube like... Red was. Like their top um, creators went off and started making series. Yeah, I think it's kind of like I don't know because I'm not paying had... for it. No, they had. Oh, Christ, what's it called? Cobra Kai. And I was massively excited about that because I love the Karate Kid. Um, and I watched the first couple of episodes and then they put it behind a paywall, as you do, with that YouTube red business. 
But um, I don't think it's taken off. That's Cobra Kai's on Netflix. Uh, and I don't remember hearing anything about. Um, but when you've got Disney Plus and they're like buying everybody up left, right and centre. I mean, they've got, well, I know the book Pixar a long time ago, but they've got all the Star Wars now, all Marvel, their, their own stuff. And I'm not sure of the exact technicalities, but they own Hulu as well, don't they? Um, I know that's more of an American. We do get Hulu stuff, but we don't have Hulu in this country. So I should know as a Disney fan, but I don't know. I know they've got um, 20th Century Fox. Yeah, yeah. That cost them a fortune, that, didn't it? Because they got all the alien films and so. Yeah. And I, I read something the other day. Um, MGM is up for sale, apparently. Yeah. Yes, I did read that. And Disney could, like, snaffle that as well. So Disney Plus isn't just like Disney. It's not like the Disney Channel. They literally own all these other companies, and it's like a massive streaming service. I presume they own National Geographic as well, because there's a lot of that on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's some exciting-looking programs on that coming soon. Um, I know when I went... I watched the um, Investor Day thing for Disney. Um, there's a series with Will Smith. Um, he's doing a bit of a David Attenborough. That looks quite interesting. And there's something with the guy that plays Thor in the Marvel films. He's doing some, like, ultimate body thing. It looks really cool, anyway. Um, but, yeah, Disney Plus, entry number seven. Number eight. You might like number eight. Um, the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Only if you watch um, it in Preston. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, my son has just turned four, and he, I would say, made me, but like, didn't mind. Um, we watched The Empire Strikes Back probably about twice a day for at least a week. And he still asks me to put it on. I do try and mix it up a little bit now. Um, just obsessed with it. And I tried the other films, you know, for oh, you know, he might like Jar Jar Binks. Nobody else does, but he might like Jar Jar Binks. So we'll give that one a go. Not interested. Um, Ewoks, not interested. Show him an attack, and he is one. Empire, Empire is the best. Flipping... End, end of argument. What's the, the probe at the beginning? Yeah, probe cord, yeah. Probe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. He thinks it's, <laughs> thinks it's awesome. So, Empire Strikes Back has made it to my number eight. I was going to do um, an impression of the probe droid <laughs> and then remembered that it was gonna, this was going to go do public. <laughs> so, it's like, ah, oh, <coughs> I'm not going to do one. Wait episodes when we've uh, no. chilled out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll let it a sound effect in. <laughs> but it, you know, it reminded me as so, well me, 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 me. that... Like you know, like I said earlier about things getting more complicated, and it's enjoy enjoyable to have these complicated. Sometimes it's just nice to watch something, um, like seeing it from my son's point of view. And all he's bothered about is seeing the attack, and it's fun, and it's exciting, and that's what he took from it, you know. And, and it, and it um, so moving on to number nine. Am I on number nine? Yes, number eight was an ultimate entry. We have already mentioned it. Getting hold of a PS5 mission. Oh my god! But we got one. Um, not really got any proper games to play on it. <laughs> it's just this beast of a console. <laughs> we got no not, bloody um, games. Well, Cyberpunk. God, I mean, I was, I wasn't bothered about getting Cyberpunk when it first came out. Bit of a disaster, that. Yeah. Um, I was trying to finish off other things. Uh, that I was doing, and uh, lucky I didn't bother because in the fiasco. Um, but um, there's this game that comes on it preloaded, and it's called Astro's Playroom, and the graphics are phenomenal. It really it, it is supposed to show you what the PS5 can do, and it's so detailed, it's so rich. I. Don't is that know. in 8K? Because I think it, it can play in 8K, can't it? Really, really good. Um, it's the the depth, the light, and the dark, the colours, and even the controller. Um, I'm not very technical with it, but the haptic 
and the the way it vibrates and the way it reacts to your hands, the noises that come out of it, it's just like another level. It's really, really good. And I have actually played one PS5 game. We got um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I was looking forward to it because of the whole Viking thing, but just don't really like Assassin's Creed, and I've tried, and I just can't get into it. Um, it plays exactly like every other Assassin's Creed game that I've ever played, and I never really liked them. So it was kind of ine- inevitable that I wasn't going to like it, really. But it looks very nice. I've played the first one on, I can't remember what it was on now, but um, basically I just kept hiding in hay carts. <laughs> yeah. I'd run along and then he'd dive in a hay cart. <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. like, what are you doing in there? Yeah. Oh, get out, it's, it's run like along a bit, and then he'd jump in another. I'm like, reality what? game. Oh. Yeah. I, I really liked the game, but I didn't like... I thought it was going to be all set in that time period, but he kept dropping out to go to his memory or something in the future, and it was just like, ah, oh, you, you, you're ruining my immersion in it. Although the Pirates one does look good. Black flags, black sails. Yeah, yeah, I did see it, but I just knew that I, I don't... Whatever it is about the Assassin's Creed games just doesn't connect with it. Um... And I definitely can connect with games. Um, oh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, dear. That was so good. They need to make that VR version, just so that I can go and live in it. Oh, I wouldn't play the game. I'd just, I'd just go and have a walk. And we go. That was so good. That was so good. Walking into the saloon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do a bit of fishing and a bit of crafting. Um, but that, I'm afraid, was my number nine. So number ten, no surprise, the Mandalorian. What's what's that? I've never heard of that. What's you that? Need that little jingle there. <laughs> I see. I'm like constantly singing the theme tune. <laughs> um, oh, it's been a while since I've been this obsessed about a TV program. Definitely. Um, waiting. That's because it, it is so good. Yeah, waiting for Nerd Friday in my house for it to be aired. Although I, I've not been able to go on like Twitter or anything because it's like aired on a Thursday in America, I think. So it's like, oh, spoilers. No, no, no. Um, and I don't know how, and I'm not going to say anything, but the last episode that has been aired, the reveal, I don't know how I did not find out about that before it was on because I could have so easily found out and I didn't and I was so glad I did. I didn't find out what it was, but people were just like, oh my God, that was the best episode ever and I can't believe it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw things like that and then I just put, I I did read, oh, that scene at the end of the credits was amazing because that's how I knew to watch to the end. We are going to talk about The Mandalorian more in depth in the next episode. Um, So I'm not going to say too much now, but you know, the Mandalorian. <laughs> this like week's sponsor, gem. The Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, honorary mention. See, I've got 11, really. Oh, no. Honorary mention in my top 10. <laughs> well, I'll have your 11th one then. And then yeah. I'll have done eight. Um, honorary mention. Um, part two of the final series of Vikings is set to air imminently. It may even be today. Is it the 28th? Okay. Um, I'm like... Yes, it totally, is. totally forgot. I was like binge-watching Vikings um, in April. I'm not sure, but I remember when I was cleaning the driveway and I was holding up a big sheet of plastic so I didn't get it on next door's driveway. I kept calling myself a shield maiden. So, that was... <laughs> What's her name? Lagatha. That's about as Lagatha as I'm gonna get. And and did you put did you put the war paint on and the, the braids in your hair? Oh god yeah. Just just to hold the plastic <laughs> sheeting. Yeah. My na- my neighbours are like, oh thank you for protecting my driveway. I need to say something clever in Viking now, but I can't bring anything to mind. Um Dunno, edit something in. <laughs> um but yeah, I am looking forward to watching that, but I am debating re-watching it all again. Or I might just go on YouTube and watch one of these. What happened in the last four seasons of... Was anybody dead? I watched 
binge watched it up to <laughs> I don't know if it was the middle of um, season four. God, what was the main character's name? It was Ragnar and his son. That's it, Ragnar. Oh, what was his son name with the Bjorn. bad legs? Oh no, the, oh the bad legs. No, with the bad. Ugh. That was Ivor the Boneless. So it's yeah. Ragnar and Ivor the oh, Boneless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just yeah. got to the gates yeah. of Wessex. Um, that they, they and that was the last one I watched. And I really enjoyed it, but it was just a. Uh, there's only so much in a day I can do, and that was kind of what gave way. But I do want to watch it, carry on with it because I did enjoy it. Yeah, that is my top ten. Yeah, that so that was my eighth <laughs> yeah. one. Top ten and an honorary mention. Um, which I suppose just brings us down to this podcast. Um, you know, we've told you about us. Who we are, what we like, um, what we're into. Hopefully they're still listening. <laughs> it's just you and me. Alone. <laughs> Got almost 40 <coughs> years of uh, watching stuff, playing stuff, and clearly like the sound of my own voice. So <laughs> um, I, I just feel like I want to talk about it and talk with people um that like that stuff too and you know i say i like this you say oh yeah have you seen this and it just builds and builds and then you end up with this rich life of nerdy stuff yeah i'm kind of hoping that um as hopefully people listen people will uh act more on social media and then as you say point out have you watched this or have you read this and it just leads me into stuff that i wouldn't pick out because you do get stuck in your ways and you're like, yeah, oh, no, I won't read that book. Yeah, but. definitely. And we've got, you know, we've got Twitter, um, at NerdBunkerPod. So that's a quick, easy way for people to talk to us. Um, Instagram, NerdBunkerPod. Um, we're going to be sharing pictures, random stuff that has highlighted our lives temporarily. Um, so you can get to us on there. There's the Facebook group, NerdBunkerPodcast. Um, we're going to be putting the podcast on YouTube as well. Um, Slightly different dynamic, obviously, because there's going to be some video elements incorporated as well. Um, and we've also got Patreon. Um, if you just go onto the patreon.com website um, and search for Nerd Bunker Podcast, you'll get our page. Um, there'll be polls and little videos and snippets on there. And you can subscribe and it just helps us develop the channel and gives us more freedom to spend more time to do it. But yeah, we want this community and it's not just a review channel, not to me anyway. It's just like me and Mike chatting and then bringing you all in on the chat. Even something like The Witcher, which is, you know, old really now. It was out at the beginning of the year. There'll still be people that haven't seen it. I, I don't want to put out spoilers, if you know what I mean, for people that haven't seen it yet. But I think if we did, then perhaps we would have to put out like a big Spoiler warning. Yeah. In the next episode, we're going to talk a lot about The Mandalorian, purely because I think we've both got a hell of a lot to say about it. But it's not going to be, and this week we review Dungeons and Dragons. You know, it might be a starting point. Um, So yeah, we can start off talking about The Mandalorian, but then I'll start waffling on about the music that I get really excited about i love the music from the mandalorian and you know where did they get the ideas for that from and where does the idea for the mandalorian come from because you can't talk about the mandalorian without talking about westerns and you can't talk about westerns without talking about samurai movies so we are just basically a rabbit hole of discussions um a deep deep rabbit hole yeah um and every now and again we could do with somebody clicking their fingers to bring us back to reality. Um, not Thanos, though. God, oh, God, nope. no, no. Yeah. But yeah, just, just you know, we want to have a community, talk about all these things, go down the rabbit hole and discover... This is our own discovery service. <laughs> I don't know what book to read next. Somebody help me. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you've still stuck with us till the end. We'd like to say thank you for listening. And we hope to be releasing these weekly. Uh, We hope you subscribe. Please leave 
a review if you actually liked us. And I'm going to say farewell. So it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye. Intro music is Battle Theme by Kamiku and is used under Creative Commons Zero License. All copyrights are property of their holders, and everything else belongs here in the bunker. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram at NerdBunkerPod and like us on Facebook. Please leave a review as it really helps them out. Thank you for listening. And it's a goodbye from him. And it's a goodbye from her. <laughs>